commence primary ignition. This is the way. What is up, all of you, Ugnots and Jawas out there, and welcome to a new episode of Mando Talk. I'm your host, as always, Caleb Keller, and we are officially finishing our Mando Rewatch series with our Boba Fett-focused episodes that focused on the Mandalorian himself, you know, when it suddenly became the Mandalorian season 2.5. That's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast episode, but at the end of the podcast, just like we did last podcast episode, I am going to share an update regarding Star Wars news. However, we're going to keep it Mandalorian focused. A lot of stuff Mando is coming out, obviously, with season 3 rapidly approaching, So I definitely want to just focus in, become Mando only, Mando talk only on this episode and just look at the Mandalorian thing since admittedly I am so stoked for this season and everything else Star Wars right now, I mean other than the Bad Batch, I'm still watching it as soon as I can. But everything else is kind of on the back burner for me, admittedly, so I can't wait to look at those news pieces and react to those Mandalorian news pieces with you. But without further ado, let's then, shall we, get into our rewatch series. So we are looking at Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett titled Return of the Mandalorian. So, I'm going to run through here and give you the things that I noticed that could carry into Season 3 of The Mandalorian. Here we go. Directed by Bryce Dallas Howard and written by Jon Favreau, this episode displays that after Grogu has left to be trained by Luke Skywalker, that Din Djarin has returned to the bounty hunter life and is definitely struggling with the loss of Grogu. Clearly, Grogu has become his purpose, and anything outside of caring for him feels empty and meaningless. I wonder, for how long has Din Djarin been without Grogu? I wonder what the time gap here has been. I wonder, though, if that was revealed in the previous episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, and since I only rewatched these episodes, that may have been missed by me. But if you know, let me know in the comments, or let me know on Twitter, or let me know on Discord, because I think that's a really important important question as far as how much time has passed here in this gap. Next up in chapter 5, the armorer clearly blames Bo-Katan for the loss and destruction of Mandalore and its people. By the way, I'm so glad we finally got to catch up with the armorer, voiced by Emily Swallow. I'm still expecting some clashing of ways in this upcoming season between those two characters. It's going to be awesome. This episode features a ton of Mandalore legend and cultural beliefs, including Darksaber knowledge and training, a mythosaur tease, and showing the Empire destroying Mandalore. All of this dialogue dropped by the armorer here will definitely come back into play you can mark my words on that. I fully expect us to continue to get those Mandalore culture and belief teases. 
and answers, actually, at this point. Din Djarin struggles to wield the Darksaber, but is luckily given some pointers and trained by the armor. I still wonder who helped Moff Gideon learn to get a decent control of the Darksaber. Moff Gideon's background could be explored in the upcoming season, but it is mentioned in this episode that it's expected for him to be put on trial by the New Republic, so we may see some of that too. Din Djarin is given his path to be redeemed as a Mandalorian in the eyes of the armor after removing his helmet, and that is to travel to the living waters in the minds of Mandalore, which Din reveals have been destroyed, which is 1000% one of the main, if not the main, plot point of Season 3 of The Mandalorian. After Din and Peli finish building the N1, and Din opens her up and displays incredible flying, Opens up the N1 is, is what I'm saying there. Captain Teva runs into Din yet again, hoping to connect the dots of the Imperial Remnants incident on Navarro. I hope we get a solid plot of Carson Teva doing some new Republic Ranger work in Season 3, since it seems that series, Rangers of the New Republic, has been axed. And that's kind of what I expect. We've gotten kind of a tease that uh, Carson Teva is going to be back in Season 3 asking some questions. And I have a feeling it's got something to do with these Imperial Remnants. Alright, there was Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett focused on the Mandalorian. Now let's go to chapter 6, titled From the Desert Comes a Stranger. This was directed by Dave Filoni and written by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. When Din Djarin comes to visit Grogu, we see the early stages of a Jedi temple being built. Fan speculation is questioned if this is the same temple we see destroyed by Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren in The Last Jedi. Could The Mandalorian Season 3 answer this question? I think this would require Luke Skywalker to return, in my opinion, and I'm not sure the story of Season 3 is really taking us in that direction, so I'm leaning toward no Luke Skywalker, but I wouldn't be surprised because we've now gotten him in two seasons of this Mandoverse back-to-back, so who knows? I expect from training with Luke, even though it was a short period of time, Grogu will definitely be more well-equipped to use the Force in Season 3. We see Grogu practice Force Lift, balance, jumping, and concentration. He then goes up against the training ball from A New Hope, and suddenly he is flipping and just jumping like a bunny. I'm sure he will continue to utilize the Force in cute ways, too. And side question that I have here, are we as fans led to believe the training ball makes its way to the Falcon in The Force Awakens? Because we see it there. So obviously, I want to see Luke traveling in the Falcon and having some, some fun with Han, Chewie, Leia. We won't see it maybe a comic series, or I've always been a, an advocate for this, give us a Clone Wars animated style series of Luke Skywalker, Han, Leia, Kylo, aka Ben Solo, just all the works. Do that, that would be fantastic, so we can see, we can travel with this training ball, we can see how it gets on board of the Falcon. Anyway, back to the Mandalorian. The Order 66 flashback from Grogu's perspective occurs, and it appears this will be a big moment in the new season. I forgot that in the flashback that occurs in this episode, the only Jedi left is Grogu. As the clones are preparing to come after him, Grogu now having killed his protectors. He's the only one left. The three Jedi that were around him have been offed. Someone, I have a feeling, is about to swoop in and save him, so I can't wait to see if we get that answer in season three. 
Ahsoka Tano appears, confirming that she has found and built a friendship with Luke Skywalker, and she talks Din out of going to see Grogu. This scene pains me, the fact that he went all this way to not see Grogu, but it really embodies the love that Din has for Grogu. Ahsoka leaves and Luke questions if he will ever see her again. It plays as though Luke knows what what Ahsoka's mission is about to be, which I'm sure will become the plot of the Ahsoka series. Mando and Cobb Vanth reunite and their friendship might be my favorite of the television franchise up to this point. So I'm hopeful he somehow shows up in season three and every season during this time frame. But of course, he is then shot down by Cad Bane at the end of this episode and is left in a back to tank bed in the end credit scene of the finale of the Book of Boba Fett. That might indicate to me that Vanth's story is now more connected with Boba's rather than Mando's. So again, Cobb Vanth appearing in season three of The Mandalorian is kind of up in the air as well. All of these big characters, I feel like it's a coin flip. It's 50-50. But anyway, let's move on to chapter seven and the official last episode. We've done it. We've gotten through the rewatch, the last required Mandalorian-focused episode of our Mando rewatch series, chapter seven of the Book of Boba Fett titled In the Name of Honor. This was directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by John Favreau. I believe all of these episodes that I have mentioned have been written by John Favreau. This one doesn't have as much. It was more just action and focused back on Boba Fett a little bit. But we do get some things here. So let's dive in. Din Djarin reveals that it is against his creed to leave Boba Fett until they succeed or they both fall. I'm questioning, though, if it's really the creed steering Din Djarin's decisions or if it's just him being a loyal guy. Season 3 could help that internal decision-making of Din's become more clear to us as the audience. We get some awesome jetpack action from Boba Fett and Din Djarin in this episode, and anytime Season 3 wants to do that, feel free to do so. Nothing gets me going quite like seeing a Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Din Djarin, Bo-Katan, any of them, using that jetpack. I actually question why the two didn't get back up in the air once the Pikes started beating them. But that's a complaint for the Book of Boba Fett that I probably talked about when we were doing our Book of Boba Fett after shows last year when this thing came out. Din Djarin and Grogu officially reunite with a leaping embrace that warms the soul and it still to this day makes me emotional and it plays so great now. Uh, as, as As you know, I've become a father now so now all of those emotions hit me whenever I see these two interact with each other. So this moment is still to this day emotional and it's so great. Grogu shows impressive force abilities here by destroying one of the crawlers and calming the Rancor down after it starts going rogue followed by taking a great, cuddly, cozy nap with it. Of course, those Force abilities, I expect to even expand upon that in Season 3. Din and Grogu are now off in space on the N1 together, ready for Season 3 adventures, and clearly, as all little kids do, Grogu enjoys going fast. But there you go. There were the big Season 3 possibilities, takeaways, that I noticed, that I saw as I was watching those final chapters, the final three chapters of the Book of Boba Fett that focused admittedly 50-50 on Boba Fett, 
but the other 50 was focused on Din Djarin. So there was definitely some stuff there, in my opinion, that uh, could carry over into Season 3. And hopefully you agree on some of those. If I missed some, let me know. Again, Twitter, Discord, in the comments on YouTube. All of those are, are available to let me know your thoughts on that. But that concludes... Armando rewatch man that was quite the challenge if I'm being completely honest with you life got crazy there but I committed to doing it so I did it and we got it done and hopefully you have been able to check out every single one of these Mando rewatch episodes if you haven't they are available on whatever podcast platform and I tried to keep I know some of them got combined with like a trailer breakdown of the Mandalorian but I tried to keep the Mando rewatch episodes pretty short other than the ones that had to be combined with other content coverage and they are all labeled Mando rewatch in parentheses on all of those podcast platforms, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, you name it. So go back and check out all of them to make sure you are ready for The Mandalorian Season 3. I know I definitely feel a lot more prepared for that season now having done that. All right. It's now time for us to kind of do our reaction to the latest and the greatest news of The Mandalorian uh, this past week, week and a half, two weeks, really I'm just catching up here. So let's hop over to, I am on StarWarsNewsNet.com and I'm just scrolling through here. We'll click on some articles, we'll look at some articles deeper if we need to. So the first one that I want to point out is the fact that Empire Magazine is doing an exclusive interview and coverage of The Mandalorian Season 3, and they dropped this incredible, incredible cover with Pedro Pascal and Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan on the front, and it just looks so good. And I can't wait to kind of hear the the coverage that comes out of this. I am not subscribed to Empire, so obviously I can't get my hands on it. But they also released this subscriber-exclusive cover that shows all of the Mandalorian helmets that could show up in Season 3. So that looks really cool. And yeah, I can't wait to see what content comes out of that coverage. Next up, we get this exclusive image from... Empire Magazine showing Bo-Katan, Grogu, and Din Djarin united, uh, looking like they're going on an adventure. And we got some really intriguing quotes here from Pedro Pascal. He says, what I love most about season three is how much the world opens up in terms of Mandalore and Mandalorians. That means so many different facets of culture, politics, and rules and discoveries. Delicious doors are flying wide open. Of course, that looks and sounds extremely intriguing to me because that is something that I have always voiced that I absolutely love regarding The Mandalorian. That's when it dives into The Mandalorian ways and culture. That's when it's at its best. So obviously him saying that is exciting. Uh, Katie Sackhoff added the following. I was texting John and Dave, are you serious? This is an epic season. It's so big and so bold and so different. We know the family that she was born into. Now what's the family that she's going to choose? What does that look like? That's intriguing because I've really been more so looking at the question, what is Din Djarin going to choose? Not necessarily what Bo-Katan's going to choose. I've kind of felt like her decisions have been made regarding that, but but maybe not. Katie Sackhoff there dropping a tease regarding Bo-Katan. Well, there are the main quotes that Star Wars Newsnet pulled for that one, so we'll continue on to the next news piece 
and we've got another epic picture of Bo-Katan. Looks like she is flying a ship. This looks fantastic, and I fully expect to see Bo-Katan take over this show. And the headline here on Star Wars Newsnet reads, as Katie Sackhoff made her own contribution to Bo-Katan's journey in The Mandalorian Season 3. So let's see some quotes from her. Sackhoff says, I've lived in this woman's skin for a long time now. One of the things that John and I focus on is where she is in the moment, what peppers her experience. John Favreau and Rick Famuwaya every single day defer to me, which is a crazy experience to have these masters asking me what I feel. It respects the craft and the years that I've put in. I really do know her. Her pain is my pain. When she experiences something, I really feel it. That gave me chills as I was kind of reading it there. It's just really cool to see that the creators of this show care enough to allow the performer of Bo-Katan over all of these years to have a say and to have an input. As we continue on here, we got some more quotes. If one person has a better skill set than the other, well, that person needs to put the suit on that day. That being said, I have a wicked knee slide. I've been practicing my knee slides on my mom's kitchen with dish rags since I was five years old. So when that knee slide comes up, you'll know that's me. There are holes in my suit because I had to do that so many times. I came home with so many bruises on my knees, but I love that. If I came home with bruises, it was a good day. I'm, re- I'm assuming that's referring to it looks like there were up to five different women, women that donned the suit during the third season. But it's cool to see that Katie Sackhoff got involved with shooting some action scenes. But yes, that image that Empire dropped, my goodness, that looks so good. That looks so good. And I can't wait to see uh, Katie Sackhoff back in the role. All right, let's see what's left here to cover regarding The Mandalorian Season 3. If I scrolled, I want to go in, in order here. All right, let's see. We got a new Super Bowl spot. Uh, What I'm thinking about doing is I'm thinking about doing like a reaction to all of the new TV spots. I think they've done kind of a recap, a new official clip. I'm going to do a reaction video to all of those in one video exclusive to YouTube. So make sure you hop over there and subscribe there. So that way when it drops, you'll know when it drops and you can check me out doing that. So I'll hold off on talking about that Super Bowl spot, but that was out there. Dave Filoni talks about how the Clone Wars has influenced the Mandalorian. I have a feeling if I click in on this article, there's probably going to be some really great, juicy quotes here. And again, this is all coming from that Empire Magazine interview. So here's some things that uh, Dave Filoni said. There's a big question at the end of Season 2 of what will Mando do next? Is that relationship over? In life, things don't always come to a perfect end. I think things can continue on and your adventure continues every day. I used to think about it with Clone Wars all the time. When is that battle over? When is that struggle over? Because it culminates in Revenge of the Sith. But that can't be the ending for that show. Even though that's the ending of that era, that took a while to figure out. So let's see. That was referring to Filoni working on Clone Wars 
saying that it would make sense that his first animated series would shape his storytelling for future shows. So he's kind of just formulated these thoughts, these ideas regarding storytelling and connecting that to The Mandalorian Season 3. Filoni went on to talk about the need to provide a season with a clear ending while always leaving room for more storytelling. It's something that he did well with Star Wars Rebels' final season, which is finally paying off in The Mandalorian and Ahsoka. So here we go. Final quote, I think that in some ways you want each season to have a feeling of an ending, but in a lot of what I've done, I don't like hard endings. I like reading books in a series and then thinking, oh, there's another book and this is going to keep going. It's always sad for me when an adventure ends and the characters are seemingly done with their journey, so I think there's always that little bit of hope that something can continue. That makes me think that The Mandalorian, that Grogu, that Ahsoka, that Bo-Katan, all of these characters are going to make it out of this alive. That's what that's kind of telling me but we'll definitely see all right the mandalorian season three next up next news coverage here the mandalorian season three with another exclusive empire image looks like it's some concept art of grogu playing with these little crab rock creatures the mandalorian season three will see grogu become more central to the story teases rick famuaya Here's a quote. There will be things in season three that once again have people talking about Grogu in incremental ways. He's growing as a character and in this partnership with Mando. As this relationship grows, Grogu has to become more central in things that are going on. He's now firmly at the hip of Mando in every adventure. The purity of the character brings out the best in the people around him. This next season continues to attach to that idea. So it sounds like the Mandalorian's really going to turn into the Mandalorian and Grogu if it hasn't already uh, but that's okay for me because Grogu in a sense is a Mandalorian at this point he's chosen that lifestyle and I can't wait to see him fully commit to it all right let's see if we can continue on here next news piece says that John Favreau says not to an ex- not to expect a skeleton crew tie-in to the Mandalorian season three or a Mandalorian movie uh-oh I know that might upset DJ, my co-host here. Here we go. Each storyteller brings their own personality to it as far as working on different shows here. The groups that are working on Skeleton Crew are led by John Watts, whom I collaborated with on all the Spider-Man movies. This has been a real fun time, and the great filmmakers that he's engaged with have been bringing their perspectives as well. Continuing here, there's always an opportunity when you have a set of characters and stories that people connect with that you could cross media into different areas. Marvel does it quite effectively. It's just a matter of where our time should be spent and what the appetite of the audience is. With all these stories we're telling, it's def- it definitely is a full-time job just keeping this going with what we're doing now. Television has a much different rhythm and schedule than film does. So that's him regarding connecting this to a potentially crossover movie it sounds like they're wanting to keep this all on television and i know that's my personal preference and opinion that they should just keep it on tv and not do a whole mandalorian crossover movie or anything like that filoni just said he likes keeping options keeping options open for characters so sure mando ahsoka bo katan grogu all of them could appear in a movie down the line but i don't think that it should be reliant upon continuing the mandalorians tv show story i think that they should keep 
its story right where it's at on Disney+. Plus. It's doing incredible there. And then if you do see these characters show up in a movie or something, it's just a completely separate story. That's what my preference would be, but I may be in the minority on that. We continue here. It looks like Favreau talks about working with Kevin Feige, of course, Marvel Studios present. President, rather, Marvel Studios president. I speak to Kevin Feige regularly, and we're always watching each other's stuff. Clearly, I've worked in the MCU, and I'm dealing with people who worked in Star Wars for a long time. There's a lot of overlap, and certainly in the fan base, I think one informs the other. That's just the nature of storytelling on the technological side as well as stylistically. So it just seems like you know they're they're coming from a similar similar background there, and and saying. You know, in this Mandoverse, there's definitely some similarities regarding these pop-up moments for these pop-up characters, connecting it all. So it's still possible, but it doesn't sound like maybe it's as such a priority as maybe we originally thought. All right, let's move on. Let's see. We've got Favreau talking about the Mandalorian and Grogu's reunion in the Book of Boba Fett. That is a hot topic, so I'm sure these quotes are going to be very intriguing. Here we go. Favreau addressed the reunification of Din and Grogu and what it meant for Season 3 of The Mandalorian, saying this, We couldn't just hit a hard reset. It's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds for people who may not have seen the Book of Boba Fett. But I think the Book of Boba Fett offered time to pass. You saw what Mando was like without Baby Yoda. And we saw what Grogu was like without the Mandalorian. And neither of them was doing too good. So them coming back together was really was a really good plot point that allows us to jump back into Season 3 while maintaining the central relationship. And I believe on the last podcast episode, I kind of alluded to me agreeing with that idea. I don't think saving Grogu and Din Djarin for their reuniting in Season 3 would have been a big enough finale moment. I'm kind of glad that it happened in the Book of Boba Fett because it allows us to get so much deeper with the epicness of Mandalore stuff. All right, continuing on here, speaking about balancing Grogu's time with Luke against the goal to reunite him with Din Djarin, Favreau said the following, I think you had to service both things. Just because this kid has the potential and had training, does he belong away from the Mandalorian? I saw it more like Paper Moon, where the whole thing is about delivering the kid to the blood relative, only to realize that whether genetically through her father or just through bonding, Tatum O'Neill has to end up with Ryan O'Neill. That ending feels really good to me, and this little kid Grogu is given a decision to choose, and the kid chooses the emotional relationship and wants to be with the Mandalorian and passing up Yoda's lightsaber. Part of you wants to see him develop in that way, and part the other. Yeah, 1000%, I completely see where he's coming from there, and I like the... I'd like allowing the character to get to choose as far as Grogu choosing what he would prefer to do. You have this interesting character, so continuing on here with Favreau quotes, and this will be the last one. You have this interesting character who has Jedi training to some extent, force abilities, but also is joining the Mandalorian culture, which we've established is something that you can opt into. It demands a lot. It offers a lot. Historically, Mandalorians develop all of those tools and armor and weapons to be able to counteract the force abilities of Jedi. So as a storyteller, this offers tremendous opportunity. That's intriguing, and I think that's a hint of something that we might see in 
in season three, right there. We're going to have like this, this struggle, this battle, and maybe the armor is going to throw some shade at Din Djarin for carrying this Force-sensitive Jedi with him because Death Watch don't vibe well with Jedi at all. At all. All right, next news piece. Uh, we get a first clip of The Mandalorian Season 3 showing Carl Weathers reuniting with Din and Grogu again. I'll do a reaction video to that. I will say that clip is extremely perfect. It is so perfect. It's Grogu giving Din Djarin a run for his money, a father-son kind of moment. I absolutely love it. Again, we get the next news piece here is Din and Grogu in the Mandalorian recap video. Again, I'll react to it, but I've kind of given you a react a recap of the Mandalorian so far with this Mando rewatch. So I feel like with that recap video, we've kind of covered that here on Mando Talk. And then the last news piece, and we're officially caught up with the news of The Mandalorian recently is this new poster that looks absolutely fantastic. It features four of our Mandalorians kind of on a what it looks like a deserty background. We got Din Djarin, we got Bo-Katan, we got the armor, and we've got Paz Vizsla. It is Paz Vizsla, right? Yes, it is Paz Vizsla, voiced by Jon Favreau. That looks fantastic. That is a great poster. That is a poster that I would love to have in my office, studio, anywhere, hanging up on the wall. It just looks absolutely great. Well, there is all of the Mandalorian news. There was us finishing our Mando rewatch, and we are officially then through the agenda for this podcast episode. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you are listening YouTube, help us get to, I don't know, 400 subscribers by the time the the Mandalorian finishes. That would be absolutely fantastic to hit 400, maybe even 500 when the Mandalorian Season 3 is going. Help us do that. The best way to help us is to just share it and subscribe yourself. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever, whenever. Hit those buttons, the likes, all those things. Follow me on Twitter, at MandoTalk, TikTok, at Mando Talk and join our Discord. Link is down in the description. And I will get out of here. I hope you have a great week. I hope you enjoy preparing for The Mandalorian as much as I'm enjoying preparing for The Mandalorian. It has been absolutely fantastic. I hope you've gotten some great takeaways from this podcast episode alone, but also the entire Mando rewatch that we've done. I've loved covering it. If we get another trailer or more great news, I'll definitely release a new podcast episode soon. But don't forget, March 3rd will be our first companion spoiler discussion podcast dropping on Friday, March 3rd. And then we'll do another one the next Friday with each episode that comes out of The Mandalorian. All right, time for me to get out of here. As always, we have spoken. Spoken.